You know, growing up, I often looked at my parents and wondered, how the hell did you two ever end up together? So baffled was I by it that one day I actually asked Mum, and she explained that they got married just before Dad was sent off to fight in the Second World War, and in all honesty, she didn't really expect to see him back. So I imagine his homecoming a few years later was an occasion filled with mixed emotions for her. But on the bright side, about 50 years later, Dad died, and she got to marry someone she actually did see a future with my eldest brother's father-in-law. But that's a story for another episode. So when Kath first told me about the later years love life of her widowed mum, I wondered if it was going to be a similar story. But as you're about to hear, hers was a little more fucked up than fairy tale. Welcome to My Fucked Up Family. So welcome Kath to My Fucked Up Family. Thanks, Paul. Now, I I find your story quite intriguing for, on a number of levels. So it might be worth, just for everyone's benefit, just giving us a bit of a background of your family, your your siblings and your parents' situation. How many of you are there? Um, I'm one of six, um, six. three girls, three boys. Um, we grew up in the suburbs of Sydney um, and... My parents were quite happily married. My dad unfortunately died when I was 15, so I'm the third eldest. So there was two older brothers and then there's a younger brother and two younger siblings, two younger sisters. How old was your mum when your dad died? Uh, well, it's probably relevant, isn't it? I'm um, 44, I think. Dad was 44, so she would have been 45. Right, okay. So that's that's still quite young, isn't it? Not when you're 15. I mean, she obviously yes. was ancient in your eyes. Yeah. That's, it, that, that, yeah. That, that must have been quite a shock for your mum, I suppose, at that point. <laughs> to say the least, I'd say. Um, yeah, he, he was cancer, so um, and it was quite quick. It, he was diagnosed in November and died in April, I think it was. Right. So it was a very quick... Um, Descent, basically. And da- what did she do? Did she do for? Did she was she working at that point, or did she go back to work? Yeah, so she'd been she'd been a housewife, I guess. Um, she's a nurse. I had been a nurse when mum and dad met, and then she went back to nursing when I was in high school. I think when I started high school, she went back to nursing. Did your dad leave her with some cash? Were they financially? Were they okay? Yeah, mum was totally, totally financially okay. So right. she gave up work after dad died. She, or well, she gave up when he got sick, so she didn't go back to work. What did he do fine. for a living, Kath? Just out of interest. He was, he was an accountant. So right. he was a company secretary, I think it is, which is probably a CFO now. Yeah. I think is probably what technically he would have been now. Um, yeah, so we, we were very middle class. <laughs> middle class. Really. Oh, I, I'm, we, I'm, I suspect you guys had a pool. Well, of course we had pools. Yeah, right. Yep. What do you mean? A, well, well, I, I never. Be, I never had a pool. <laughs> people who had a pool no, in my I era, people who had I a pool up, were very posh. Okay. Very posh. I grew up in the hills district. It was not a beach in sight. Right. So. Yeah. You know, well, every second house where I grew up had a backyard. Well, it listen, felt like every second listen, I grew up. I grew up in Toowoomba, and there was not a beach in sight there, and no one had a pool except for the very posh oh. people. Okay. <laughs> well, look, it's good that it's good that there was no financial burden left on your mum after his untimely demise at such a young age. Um, yeah. And so, so she could get on with life, and you were then okay. So you're the oldest girl in the family, which brings with it yeah. 
quite a lot of responsibility, I think, uh, from speaking from personal experience with my sisters. I, I've, I've noticed how they take on a lot of the um, family responsibilities. So your mum, she's alone after your dad's death. How does that change your family dynamic? What did happen, I think, is that we became very protective of mum because she didn't cope that well after dad died. She coped as well as she could, but she got very happy, clappy, religious um, for quite a number of years. Did she really? Um, yeah, yeah, she went down the happy, clappy route. Well, like I told you, we grew up in the Hills District, Hillsong. Oh, like, oh, yeah, of course. Totally in there. <laughs> so, so, but... Did you and your siblings discuss that? Were, were you kind of a little bit wary of that and going, oh, God? No, we were sort of involved. The two oldest weren't. We, the rest of us were sort of involved to similar, to some degree because we were still, I guess, young enough to to be involved in it. And then it sort of all just pitted out right. as time went. It was just something she needed immediately after your – it filled some sort of void for her. Yeah. So she went and she went and decided she was going to have a tree change as well. So she bought a place down in the Southern Highlands, and yeah. when you start start to lay it out like that, it does sort of show that she was searching, wasn't she, for something? Yeah. And started spending more time down there. Was it fair to say? So yeah. So when she first brought it, she would spend a lot of time there, like a week at a time and then come home for a couple of days and then as my sister finished school she then sold the Sydney place and then brought up in the Blue Mountains so and then when she had the Blue Mountains property she and she was getting older she spent sort of less time down on the farm and more time went with falls. So tell me, the uh, the community where she had bought the farm, did yeah. she sort of become, was that a tight-knit community and she sort of became part of that? Did that sort of almost replace the happy clappy crowd and did that crowd sort of become her thing? Yeah, well, I guess maybe that's what happened. I mean, I've never really thought about it that way, but that's possibly what happened with the, the move to wanting to spend more time down on the farm probably did mean that she spent less time in the Happy Clappy Church. Stuff. So she she met a whole heap of people through Lancaster because that's where she went straight on to, basically, right. and started doing work with that. So And she knew the neighbours. So she became really close friends with a couple that were further down from where she was. Right. So she had a whole heap of friends. There was one person in that group by the name of Peter, wasn't there? Now, yeah. what was his story? So he was just one of the locals down in the Southern Highlands, but on property. So he was living on a property with his elderly mother. Mm-hmm. Um, was your mum more friendly with him or with his mum? Uh, probably both. Right. So she used to drop in and see his mum and he would be there. there right. But he would chat. What happened then to, to Peter's situation? So Peter's situation changed when his mum died and the land, his land was actually his parents' land. So he was then, he couldn't buy it from his siblings. So he needed to sell the property and then the property price was split between the three siblings. 
So he effectively was didn't have a home anymore and mum offered her spare bedroom because she had, you know, she was in a, the house in Wentworth Falls has a couple of bedrooms. So she was just like, well, if, while you're trying to find where you want to go in the Blue Mountains in my spare bedroom. Right. Um, that was very generous of her. She was a very lovely, <laughs> very lovely and I guess, And I guess, you know, by this stage she would have known Peter and his mum for... 20 years. Right. Um, maybe not quite that long, but it would have been close to Close to 20, 20 years. Okay. And, and what was the age difference between Pete and your mum, just out of curiosity? So I can't remember. It's over 13. I have a feeling it's more 15 to 16 years age difference. Okay. So he is invited to go and board in the spare room at her place up in the Blue Mountains. Yeah. Um, and was there anything Was there anything romantic at this stage or was it a, just a, a friend helping a friend? It was a friend helping a friend. There was no romantic situation at all. But that, of course, changed. Yes, yes. Um, they fell in love and then kept it secret from us. Um, For how long? Um, so maybe it, was, maybe it was six months. Okay. Maybe. And how did you discover, did she come out and say we're in love? How did you find out that a relationship had started? My sister and her husband went away. They went over to Europe and they've got two kids. They were leaving the kids with my mum for three weeks up in the Blue Mountains. Right. And my sister knew that he was in the house and she suggested that she actually meet them, meet him, because she was leaving her two young children with my mother and there was a strange man that she'd not met living in the house and she would like to have met him. Um, and then mum came back and said, there is no need because he's not going to be, Peter said that he's not going to be staying while the boys are here. So she took her at her word because mum didn't ever lie to us as far as we knew. So the boys were left with my mum and she they were overseas but they were calling the boys on a daily basis and it quite quickly came out that Peter was actually living in the house and he was also living or staying in mum's bedroom. That is not a good way to discover your mum is having a relationship with someone, especially after it's been like he refuses to meet your sister and then it's assured that he's not even going to be around, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So what did, so, you, what did then, your sister do then? Um, well, there was nothing they could do. They were, they, were, they were overseas. So I think we were all very suspicious of where the relationship was before that anyway. We were very much just like, well, she's not telling us she's in a relationship, but she's in a relationship. Um, so I went up there and then Peter was there. Um, and that's when I first met him. And, I... and what, can, can you remember what your reaction was? Because I guess that's a lot to take in. Uh, my reaction was um, he was very pleasant. So I, my impression was very much you're trying very hard. Right. To, I don't know to whatever that's supposed to be, to charm me, I guess is the right terminology. So he's trying to be 
charming, but right. it's just it was all too much. Too much. Very much. Too much. Yeah, I think it was just that it was just too much. I think, and it just made me feel like he wasn't being genuine. I guess, and that, and the problem, the, probably also the fact that I was aware that he made my mother lie. Yeah, um, and that is that is quite disturbing, I guess, when you think that someone could have that degree of influence over your mum? Yeah, and I guess we never thought that mum had lied, deliberately lied. We assumed he had lied to her. But what was not very nice was the fact that mum didn't make him stick to what he'd actually said he was going to do. Yeah, right. So there's we, red there's red flags there. What whatever the whatever yeah. the truth is, there's some red flags about that relationship. Okay. Yeah. So so it becomes not through the, the, the best circumstances, it becomes clear that they're they're now in a relationship. You and your five siblings, how do you do you start talking about this? Yeah. So this then starts the first of many family conferences that we have regarding our mother. So that was probably where we first started. We had lots of family meetings basically about about them. Um, part of it was, I think, so I don't know if that was the first one we had or I don't know, I'm not quite sure, but what ended up happening was that it all, over the course of a couple of months, it became um, increasingly obvious that they were in a relationship. Mum kept denying that she was in a relationship. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah, she was denying it. Why do you think? Because she had, she thought that we would be against the relationship, which <laughs> wasn't an unwise thought because we were. But it, it, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Basically, they became they were very secretive about it. Um, she became very secretive, and therefore she changed, and we could only see a negative in the relationship yeah. because of that. It wasn't the fact that she was in a relationship; it was the fact that there was dishonesty within the relationship. So, and that made, and that made you all very suspicious, understandably. Yeah. So, did you ask her directly about the relationship? So we ended up having a family dinner and mum was there and then we pretty much were just like, well, you've got to tell us what's actually happening and that's when she came out and told us that, yes, they were in a relationship, yes, they were going to get married, yes, they were going to sell both the prop- she was going to sell both her properties and yes, they were going to buy a place somewhere somewhere in New South Wales. So Together. Some land. Together. Together. Right. Yeah. So, which was far more shocking than what we'd actually understood the situation. What we did decide, I think, from that point, it was we're trying to get him to meet people, basically. Mm. So my sister had come back and still had not met him, even though he'd spent three weeks with her children. Mm. So we were very much like, he needs to meet us. And mum was like, he doesn't want to meet you all. And it was just like, well, he has to suck it up and he has to meet us. Like, we are your family. You know, he wants to be part of your life, which means that he has to be part of our lives. And if this is what you're telling us, then he is part of our family. So we were very, I think, very open and very supportive once she came out 
with that information, but he blanketly kept refusing to meet us, and that caused a lot of anxiety. And then he finally did meet us. We agreed to have a family um, get-together up at Mum's place, um, and we went up, and then it was pretty much, he like, it would have been confronting him. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and he basically got grilled because we hadn't had a chance to meet him. He'd been offered to meet us on individual basis, which he'd also not really done. So it would not have been so confronting if he had have been reasonable and just met us at various different times. Like we had been going up to mum's places as individual families as mm. well. So then he, from that meeting, he then chose pretty much one girl and one boy to have, to try to bring in as his allies. So, and I was fortunate enough not to, not to be chosen, but he then, for the next the period of their relationship, would um, speak to to his allies, I guess is the way of mm. seeing them, and complain about us. And and and, 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 uh, and what was it, what was how did they how did they handle that? They just didn't believe anything that he'd say. Like they listened to it and would either refute it or just move on, try to bring the conversation onwards. So, so, so when you when you say that when you say that one of your sisters and one of your brothers became, he saw them as his allies. It, it wasn't like they ever took his side or anything like that. They were just the ones that he would uh, deliver his messages through. He, he deliver his complaints to right. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much. So. So they were, yeah, so he tried to, and he mm. he has this habit of, he's the type of person that um, injects himself into somebody's life and then creates havoc within someone's life. So over the course of the couple of years that mum and him were together, like he befriended mum's next door neighbour and her best friend, and by the end of like, I don't know, four months maybe, her and her best friends were no longer speaking to each other because he'd got in there and then had been telling tales to both of them about each other. So he so he tried that. So that was his tactic, I think, with ah, a lot of people. Yeah. So that's what he tried to do with us. So when he was busy bitching about me to my sister, she was just like, well, I know my sister. So, and I know what she said and I know the situation. So who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe my sister or am I going to believe you? And there's no way. The other thing is that we all knew there was no way that we would have been talking and bitching about our siblings to, to him. him. They just knew that he was just making trouble. So he so- was unable to to divide, which is what he wanted to do. Which is what he which is what you'd seen him do with your mother's social groups. Yes. So he's he's trying to he's trying to do that. He's trying to sort of like um divide and conquer kind of the, the um your mum's kids. Um mm. handle it that way. He wants her to sell all of her properties and then buy a property together with him. Um mm. I'm assuming that most of the money would have come from her. We're assuming 
that. We've got, he told us he had lots of money. Yep. Um, we had absolutely zero um, evidence that he had any money. So were you, were you, ever, were you worried about the money? Uh, no. Yeah, I'd have to have very wealthy parents to get a decent inheritance <laughs> after being one of six. If we logically had it set down, it would have been like whatever with the money. Um, but it was her security. So we didn't want her to lose her independence, independence basically. Yeah. That's what we were really concerned about. So I was just like, you can't sell both. You, If you want, you can sell one, but you can't sell both. Right. It's a really, really bad idea to sell both because you need to have a place that is yours, yours. if everything comes undone. And did she and, and did she agree with that in the end? She didn't sell either right. properties. Okay, so what happened? So, so what happened then? So the other underlying thing was that mum was showing signs of dementia mm. at the very start of her relationship. So she'd had some dementia testing done. She had a slight cognitive impairment. Thing that's really important to help prevent dementia is that you have a very social, uh, active social life and you're also physically active mm. and engaged. So, which had been mum to the T. Like she, when she moved up to the mountains, she became, she quickly found a group of seven female friends up there that she clicked with really, really strongly and they used to go on holidays all the time together. Now, she goes from a 60-year-old to a 70-year-old while she's in the Blue Mountains and it's while she's at the beginning of her 70s, which is when she has a relationship with Peter. So who knows how much of the dynamics of the friendships were changing just through age, but what also happened was that Peter was quite demanding of her time. But she lost a lot of her friendships. They just fell off. Um, she had family up in the Blue Mountains as well. Peter had conflicts with some of them. So they, she was no longer seeing, you know, my aunt and uncle who she was really close to. So with, um, the, with the relationships with some of uh, the, the seven female friends that she had up there as well, did you get the sense that Peter was sort of white-anting those relationships yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. So she had a very um, active social life yeah. until Peter started getting involved. And just at, yeah. a ti- just at a time when that social interaction is so important, she's actually withdrawing from but, it. Yes, so, and it's been closed down around her. Like yeah. it's just like shut, 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 shut. So, so uh, what impact did that have then on um, her state of mind? Well, her dementia just increased like it was just she we lost up so what happens then we probably increased um our visits a little bit but we certainly didn't do possibly as much as we should have um but i don't think it would have mattered there is this decline and you're trying to spend more time up there but you're not being all that great at it, the, the, the lot of you. You've got your own lives. Yeah. Um, and But she's obviously going to need, starting to need more care. Yeah, so there was a point where, yeah, like there's there's key points that you can sort of remember of going up there and you know, me going up and, you know, me and my sister going up and driving up to the three sisters and her being constantly surprised that I was in the car yeah. driving. 
um, little things like that were just like, Jesus, it's so bad now. So it was just this, it was quite a steep slope. Um, it got to the point where it was quite clear that she needed, we needed, to, when Peter was instigated it actually, was just like a power of attorney and um, guardianship needed to be sorted out. So he'd, he'd instigated uh, the whole kind so, of legal Yeah, process. instigated it. So he ended up getting guardianship mm-hmm. and we got power of attorney. So what happened so then? So we then got sent a lawyer's letter. Saying what? But it was pretty much saying that he was um, going to restrict our visitations to our mum. All communications to our mum would be going through him. Um, all visits needed to be um, flagged 48 hours before wow. visit. Visits would be restricted between wow. X amount of time. And because he had guardianship, he was in his within yeah. his rights of doing that. Yeah. So finally, after all this, he has the power to do what he's been trying to do all along, and that's isolate your mum from her family. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just it it just meant that we he got less support from the family than what he got before. And how did you all respond to that? We then started negotiating because it was quite clear that he couldn't look after mum, and it became actually we I don't think we even realised how bad. Badly, he was not coping with it because he was not telling us. And we, like, we were two hours away from Mm, mm. home. So we couldn't just pop in and see her. And then, again, we were seeing her during the day and we weren't seeing her during the evening. Mm. So it was agreed that he couldn't care for her and he was saying he couldn't care for her. So it was agreed that my youngest sister wanted to try to look after her at home. So my sister ended up finding a three-bedroom unit down the road from on the same street as my other sister who works part-time. And so, so your yeah. mum was going to move into this, like a three-bedroom apartment with your younger sister uh, who was going to look after yeah. her. And it was just close. Who was going to look after her. Peter was going to be able to have access whenever he wanted to come down. And then he rang, said that he was not, mum was not going to come to Sydney. And he hadn't agreed to... So so after all this organisation of people moving, people changing their work hours, everything like that, suddenly he pulls the rug out and says, no. It's not going to happen. Wow. Not going to happen. And and as we've pointed out, he is the guardian. So he's allowed to say that. So it was very much just like, well, no, you've agreed to this. We've done all this work. You can't look after her. You've told us you can't look after her. She needs to go into care. And then he he then agreed and then just went, fine, if this is going to happen, if this is going to happen, then you need to come up and get her now. Then my brother went up. So he went up. Peter came out. He had packed up his stuff the night before. He had their dog, which he had on a leash. Um, my brother walked in. He handed, her, handed him mum's medications and... The keys to the house, and said, "That's it. I'm gone," and walked out. And that was it. That was a, that was it. Now, my mother had dementia, but she lived very much in the moment, so she knew she would have been aware that he was packing up. She knew that he was packing up and leaving her. So he claims it was the Romeo and Juliet of aged care love, <laughs> and he he literally gave no shits about breaking her heart. 
as he walked out. That was the last we saw or heard from him. Looking back on it then, do you think he loved her? Like, I do think that he loved her. I think that just deepened when they actually spent the time together and he managed to win a heart. Right, which which makes me wonder, do you have any regrets about how you handled it? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I, maybe I could have been nicer, but I don't think there's anything we could have done to change the way that he would have reacted towards us. I think he ultimately was very possessive of her um, and the possessiveness was was always undermined by her relationship with her children. Mm. So mm. he he wanted that relationship to be fractured as far as I can tell. He was really quite keen for that to be fractured, at least somehow, um, and it wasn't fractured. So he, he, could, he could get rid of people he didn't like quite easily. So he did. He eliminated people from her mother's life, left, right and centre. But he just couldn't do it with us. Yeah. So so your mum's passed away now uh, after a couple of years uh, in care. So how do you look back on those few years that she spent with Pete? We were already being robbed of her and so much of her, this time that she had, should have been so much happier than what it was. And I always said that she made the decision to, to have dementia rather than leave him. So, so it's, a, it's a tough one. That is... It's just a different, different way of getting to loneliness, really. <laughs> hey, listen, Kath. Um, look, it's it's a really, really interesting story of family fuck up in this um, that, that, that was sort of imposed on your family and yeah I, I really appreciate you having a chat today it's been so good thanks for bringing back all the, the horrendous stories about peter <laughs> you'll probably have to go into therapy now i'm sorry <laughs> i hope you like this episode of my fucked up family enough to subscribe like or share and if you have your own fucked up family you want to talk about please get in contact through our facebook page remember shame is relative Until next time on My Fucked Up Family.